The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode is brought to you by Ramshirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. Ramshirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ramshirts. Visit Ramshirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Listeners of this podcast, enter promo code BASEBALL and you will get 25% off your order. Without further ado, here's tonight's guest, Luke Berryhill. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Tonight, I am joined by my very special guest, brand new to the Astros, Luke Berryhill. Luke, thanks for uh, joining me tonight, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. It's a good way to good way to start my career off with the Astros. We're pretty excited to have you. Um, like go like looking at the news with the Astros, we lost George Springer, the heart of the team. Uh, but we do get Michael Brantley out of the blue. We think we're going to lose him. Mm-hmm. We signed Jason Castro, so now we have two catchers. But he didn't make as big of a splash as you did. Uh, looking at your pro career, you're, you're only 22 years old, eight games in rookie ball last year, and you make a bigger splash than Jason Castro, who was an all-star a couple years. I mean, I guess like 2015. But uh, how excited are you to be joining the Astros? Dude, I'm pumped. Um, uh, when, dude, when you think of baseball, like at, the Astros are one of the first teams you think of. I mean, they've had a lot of success, especially here lately. Um, and on top of that, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about this organization, um, development wise. Um, uh, yeah, I think it'll just, it'll be a great opportunity for me to get some good instruction and, uh, and to be a part of a great organization. So tell me about, uh, what were you doing when you found out you got traded? That happened what Friday, uh, Saturday morning, Saturday Um, morning. Yeah. So I was actually uh, meeting some friends at Waffle House, um, one of them was a college baseball player and another one's actually a big leaguer with the White Sox, Dylan Cease. Um, yeah, we were sitting down at Waffle House uh, about to order and then I got a call from uh, uh, our guy with the Reds and um, and I thought it was just going to be a, a normal like, how you doing, checking up call. Um, and then I heard his voice get serious and he said, can you go somewhere private? And so then I went outside and he said, you, you've been traded. Um, just laid it out straight to me and uh, thanked me for my time and everything and it was a pleasure. And, um, I mean, obviously there's, there was more to it than that. It was a good conversation, but right. Yeah. So, so you were actually pretty pumped about the trade cause you're actually going to a team that's been, uh, doing a lot better. Uh, you, I mean, you're real early in your career. I know, you know, we have Maldonado and Castro for a couple of years. Someone was asking on Twitter, you know, how you see your future coming along, 
uh, or your future with the Astros with us having these guys and Corey Lee? Uh, I don't know. Can you answer that? How do you see your future with the Astros? Um, I mean, that. I know. I don't know how to answer that either. Yeah, like it's, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I believe in myself. Um, I believe that, um, you know, whatever opportunity I'm given, um, I can, I'm going to try to make the best with it. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm probably at least a couple of years out from the bigs. Cause I mean, I, I haven't even played a full season yet. Um, so, I mean, I just, I can just focus on what I'm doing right now. Try to try to get better each day. Yeah, I mean, you were drafted in what thirteenth round. You mm-hmm. led you, in college. You led South Carolina as a redshirt sophomore uh, in RBIs. You were second in home runs. Um, pretty durable. You caught almost every game. Stole eight bases. <laughs> that, yeah, that's man. pretty good for a catcher. Eight out of eleven. That's pretty decent. Yeah, man. That's that's something. I'm I'm trying to break the. Break the stereotype that catchers can't run. Um, I've always been a pretty good runner. Um, one of probably one of the top on every team I've been on. So, yeah, I'm trying to break that. So let me ask you this: uh, When when did you start catching? Like how how did that become your position? I know as kids we all we played everything, you know. But mm-hmm. like when did you become like this full time catcher? Man, it was I think it was 11 years old. Um, uh, I was playing first base. Um, I was always like one of the only ones that could catch when I was playing like little league and stuff up until then. And, uh, so they put me at first base just to catch all the, the bad throws from all the infielders. <laughs> um, but then, uh, one day our, I think our catcher quit or he got hurt or something and they needed a catcher. And so they just suited me up because I was playing first. I mean, it's the closest thing to catching, I guess. Um, right. and so after, after that, uh, I, I just I fell in love with it. Um, obviously, it wasn't easy back then because you know the pitchers aren't nearly as polished. They're they're probably throwing a lot of balls and stuff. But I just I just always enjoyed being back there. Yeah, I caught when I was a little kid too. Uh, I, I was pitcher and catcher. Me and my best friend, we would take turns. And I like pitching because you're kind of like in the spotlight. But but mm-hmm. catcher, you know, you got to wear that catcher's gear and. You know, sit in the dugout with the shin ga- shin guards on and stuff. It was just cool to be a catcher. You know, you got. Uh, but like you said, man, like when you're little, it's a lot of like running back to the backstop and chasing balls, isn't it? <laughs> dude, you're telling me. Uh, <laughs> heck, I mean, even even lately, dude. Like, I mean, if a pitcher's having a bad day, they're still making me work sometimes. So it's it's just you know, it's something I signed up for, and I knew it was coming. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to make the best of it. So, <laughs> did you play anything else uh, in college? Um, so my freshman year, I only played like three games before I got hurt. Um, I think I played like one inning at third base, maybe because they had substituted out our, our all of our third basemen or something. Um, I played a little bit of outfield at South Carolina. Um, no, not really, dude. I, I caught pretty much every game that I played in or DH'd. Yeah, I would figure uh, that'd be a pretty rough uh, position on the knees, all that oh. bending over. But you you just get used to it. You, is there anything you do, you know, as, as far as being a catcher to get prepared to be, you know, nailed down like that all day? Yeah. Um, I mean, at... When you when you start catching back in the off season after taking maybe a month off or something like everyone does, 
Um, I mean, your legs definitely get really sore the first couple times. Um, then they get back back in shape. Uh, I try to eat healthy um, to keep the inflammation down because um, obviously with all the, the fatty foods and uh, all that sugar and stuff, it's, it's not good for recovery. Um, so, yeah, I, I do my best with that. Uh, I, I take leg day seriously. Um, I know everyone hates on leg day, but uh, I, I try to take that seriously. I mean, the, the best way to protect a joint is to have strong muscles around it. So um, that's that's what I try to focus on. So you said today you were catching uh, three bullpens. Like, just explain everybody, what exactly is one bullpen? And you did three of them. Sure, yeah. It's um, a pitcher getting off a mound, uh, trying to work on stuff, um, whether it's trying to throw a harder fastball or locate a, figure out how to locate a curveball or changeup. I mean, it's just whatever they want to work on that day. And uh, if they're nice, they'll pay me to to, oh, okay. to to take the abuse back there. Um, but uh, no, I, I usually do it for free for all, for all my friends that are that I'm working out with and stuff. Um, I caught Alex Wood yesterday. Um, he's with the the Giants now. Uh, I catch Dylan Cease all the time. Um, Clark Schmidt, a um, bunch of big names in in the place I work out at. So, oh, so th- y'all just know each other, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to catch a bullpen for me today?" Pretty much, yeah. On a most like Saturday nights or like a Sunday or something, they'll text me, "Hey, I'm I'm." I'm wanting to throw a pin Tuesday and Friday or something, and uh, can you be there? I say, yep, I'll be there early, and uh, we get it knocked out, and then get our workout in. Have you ever cut a guy that throws a knuckleball? So one of my best friends right now, uh, one of the guys that I was at Waffle House with when I got the call, he <laughs> has an absolutely filthy knuckleball. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a shortstop mostly, uh, but he does pitch a little bit, but uh, his I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I mean, I've I've always wanted to see what that looks like coming at you, no, you because don't. on on t- no, but I, but on TV, I mean, it looks like they're just tossing it up there and people are whiffing at it. And I mean, what is it? What's it look like coming at you? Oh my gosh, it's. I mean, it'll be in one spot one second. It'll be a foot to the right the next second. Then it'll be back in the same spot that it started in. I mean, it's. I, I can't tell you how many balls that I've either like just booted or almost completely missed. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just wicked. There's, I know there's that, uh, oh, who was it? Was it Tim Wakefield? Maybe. Um, there's a famous clip of him just throwing one in there and the catcher completely missed it. It's, it's a lot like that, dude. If, if, I mean, it doesn't move that way every single time, but if it's got the good, uh, like aerodynamics around it, that pitch or so, I don't know what it is. Um, it can be freaking funky, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I read something, uh, because it doesn't spin, the air blows it. You know, it's not cutting through the air. I, I, I find it fascinating. I mean, I, I when we play catch with the kids, we're just all trying to throw uh, knuckleballs. I'm pretty fascinated by it. So that was good. That's good that you know someone that does it. Yeah, Help, man. Helps out with the interview and the story here. <laughs> there you go. So who were your catching idols growing up? Um, Yadier Molina uh, was my main one. Um I mean, I, I just always heard like great things about him. Every time I s- turned on SportsCenter, if they talked about catchers, he was the first name to bring up. Um, uh, but lately, uh, like once I got into college and everything, I've started looking at guys like Tyler Flowers and uh, Tucker Barnhart a lot because, um, in my opinion, they're two of the best receivers 
in the whole big leagues. Um, and I've, I've tried to model my, uh, my receiving game after them, which has been a little controversial at times with, with certain people. Um, cause, uh, they tend to like flip their glove down a little bit, which a lot of, uh, catching people don't like that, but it's, it's just a way for me to, to get the right momentum going against the ball, like having a little rotational energy. Um, so the ball doesn't, uh, doesn't take me back on the low pitches so I can actually, you know, stick them. So we still have no news on when the season's going to start. I mean, so far it's just scheduled to go, but it's not like a hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's supposed to, I mean, everything that I've, I've heard, I've talked to a bunch of the Reds people and then, uh, uh quite a few of the Astros people already. And, um, I mean, they're, they're all like anticipating to start as, as well as everybody that I'm working out with and everything. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been no official call on uh, spring training dates as far as I know. So what were you doing last year? Uh, there was no minor league season. I mean, you've taken a year off. You think that's going to be pretty rough on you to, to get back into, not really playing shape, but just playing form, maybe? Maybe. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I think I'll be fine. Um, it's definitely going to be, like you said, playing form. Yeah, it's it's no matter what you do in practice, the game's always different. Um, right. But, uh, I mean, I, the whole year I was, I was still working out. Um, I was still throwing and hitting. Uh, me and a group of guys were doing live at bats uh, at least once a week for a majority of the year. So, um, I mean, it's not like I took too much time off of, of anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be different, um, in game situations again, trying to, you know, get back in the, in the rhythm of things. All right. So let's go to the, uh, the thing that caught a lot of people's attention, the singing, (laughs) uh, what I read and I have it in my notes here somewhere that you, you caught the attention singing at a at a basketball game at a South Carolina basketball game. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Um, it was as far as I know, it was going to be some uh, like funny halftime show because um, they had one of the other funny dudes on the team uh, go up there and sing "Sweet Caroline," and then uh, they picked out a country song for me because um, all the all the guys on the team told them that I sang all the time in the locker room and everything. So. They said, yeah, will you do it? And I said, yeah, sure. And I went out there and uh, killed it, apparently. And uh, <laughs> 16,000 people were just gave me a standing ovation. It was awesome. Um, and I got like 500 followers on Instagram that night. I mean, it was, it was, it was something else for sure. So it was just the, the music over the, the loudspeaker. You weren't playing a guitar or anything, right? Correct. Yeah, it was, it was just like a karaoke thing. Oh, okay. So... That's, I mean, did, did you do a lot of karaoke or just just singing in the shower and every... I mean, because that's what I do. I mean, <laughs> these guys at work walk by me and they're like, hey, what are you singing today? I mean, I sing all the time. If I go to any... This is people might be learning this on the podcast today, but if I go to any bar that has karaoke, I'll sing. And it's all country. I love that. So we got a lot in common then. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, no, dude, when I was in... Uh... When I was in high school, um, I got signed up to do this. It was it was supposed to be some like charity men's pageant or something. It was supposed to be funny and entertaining and stuff. Uh, but then they said I needed a talent, and so I was like, "Screw it! I I sing in the shower all the time, and uh, my parents always tell me it's pretty good." So I went up and sang, and uh, everyone loved it. And so ever since then, I've just um, been trying to polish that. Uh, when I got hurt, my um, 
my freshman year of college, uh, the third game of the season. Um, so I had a lot of free time the rest of that year. Uh, I just picked up the guitar and um, learned how to sing while playing. And then uh, it, it just took off from there. I've been playing gigs and stuff while I've been home. Um, oh, wow. Posting videos on you or on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. So, um, heck, maybe one day I'll write a song and, and maybe it'll start taking off a little more. Yeah, the, there was a, I guess about 10 years ago, I used to play the guitar quite a bit. And uh, it's, it, it is one thing to play the guitar. And it's another thing to do that while you're singing. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's a different challenge, isn't it? It is definitely, yeah. It, it took me maybe three or four months after I thought I was comfortable on the guitar to, to finally figure out how to sing a song while I was playing it. Um, but now, I mean, it's as long as I can play a song, um, it's it's pretty much second nature just being able to sing it at this point. So that little contest you were in or whatever it was when they picked a country song for you, I mean, you didn't even pick the song? No, it was uh, it was Friends in Low Places uh, by Garth Brooks. I mean, everyone oh, okay. everyone yeah. loved, knows that song. So, I mean, it was it was easy. Yeah, we went out for my wife's birthday last year and that. That's how confident I am. I'm like, just pick the song. I'll do whatever you pick. And, you know, some of them are a little harder. You know, I mean, you know, you, you got to have the voice for some of them. So what do you, what kind of songs do you sing? Do you like the, the modern guys or the, the classic George Strait, Garth Brooks type stuff? Yeah. Um, mostly, I mean, what I listen to in my free time is mostly the older stuff. Um, but I mean, there's a couple newer artists that I like. I like uh, a good amount of Luke Combs stuff. Um, I like some of, uh, Morgan Wallen stuff. I like, I'm a huge fan of like Cody Johnson and Cody Jinks and all those Texas and like red dirt people. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely eat that stuff up, but yeah, mostly when I play, it's, uh, it's a mix of all that. Um, a lot of Cody Johnson, a lot of that Texas stuff, um, mostly older stuff. You know, I never really play anything that's on the radio right now. It's, I mean, it's, it's good. I just, it's not country to me for the most part. Um, I like to, I, I don't want to get on my high horse here or anything, but yeah. I like to think of myself as like a country traditionalist or whatever. I just, I just like the, the feel of real instruments and everything instead of all that, all the pop stuff now. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the, the guy I listen to mostly right now is, I mean, besides like I got on my playlist, you know, like Dwight Yoakam, Gary Stewart, things like this, but I like John Party a lot because he's, okay. That's real country to me, John Party. I like him a lot too, definitely. Yep. All right. Have you ever uh, been asked to sing the national anthem or anything? Oh man, I was I was actually talking about this today with somebody. Um, yeah, I've I've sang it three times, I believe, uh, at a baseball game. Um, I forgot when the first time was, but I know the second time was when I was up in the Cape uh, about two summers ago, I think. Um, so I don't, a little backstory on this. I don't like to eat or drink anything before I sing. It just makes me feel full and I feel like I'll burp or something when I sing. And yeah. uh, sure enough, I forgot the rules that day and I had a big lunch and uh, I got halfway through, through the song, the rocket's red glare. And then I burped over the, <laughs> the microphone and I stopped for a second, composed myself and just finished the rest of the song. Um, I was looking out at the field and all my buddies were facing the flag and they, I could see their shoulders bouncing up and down. They were laughing. It was, 
<laughs> it was great. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't funny at the time, but looking back, it was cool. Um, and then I sang one at uh, in Rookie Ball uh, after I signed with the Reds, and that one went out flawlessly. So. Oh, that's good. So where can people find you You're on Instagram? Is that where you're the most popular? Yeah, um, I need to start putting videos on YouTube. Um, whenever I do that, I'm sure I'll put something out on my Instagram. But yeah, definitely uh, Luke Berryhill Music on Instagram. And my personal account is at verychill underscore Berryhill. I know it's I need I probably need to change that. Uh, I've had it since high school, but you know. All right, mean? before we before we came on the air, I wanted to bring this up and I almost forgot. I I mean, you're 22 and I'm 49, so we have different upbringings. But I I told you, and I don't know if anyone else hearing this hears this also. But Luke Berryhill, I think of Richie Cunningham. I found my thrill. That's all I can hear when I hear your name. Yeah, it's a funny story with that. Um, uh, back when I was in high school, we had an old country uh, gym teacher. And uh, I guess that's where he got that, too, because every time he saw me, he would be singing that. So that's that's a good memory of that guy. <laughs> Did you have to go home and ask your mom and dad, what is what is Happy Days? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Googled it as soon as he the first time he said that. I, <laughs> I <wouldn't laughs> Hey, it was a good thing. I mean, when, when Richie sang that, I mean, he either got the girl or something good happened. So, Oh, shoot. Maybe I can take that into my life. <laughs> that, that could be your walk-up song. Oh, man, that'd be funny. Oh, sp- hey, speaking of Berry Hill, um, I know in Houston, somebody said uh, there's like Berry Hill Baja Grill or something. Um, a punch- apparently, there's a bunch of uh, Berry Hill grills around Houston. So I'm definitely going to hit one of those up when I get there. Hmm. So, so what is, let, let's say you, uh, four years down the line, tomorrow's opening day. Well, never mind. But what, what would your walk-up song be? I'm, I know I was going to say, like, there will be new songs, but let's just say there's not. Right. Uh, man. I don't you know. Gotta where, get something to pop, pump you up, right? Right, for sure. I don't know if it'll still be the same, but lately I've been using uh, John Cena, the wrestler, his walk-out song. that's awesome i was expecting some kind of country song but i don't even know what mine would be mine would be probably some kiss song there you go a little rock yeah that's my favorite band uh probably cold gin so if you guys listen to kiss cold gin it's got a good beginning too it's like it takes a while for them to start singing there you go all right, so uh, what number would you be if you could pick any number? What's your number that you usually are? Um, probably 13. Um, I was 13 <laughs> all the way up through middle school, high school, and everything, um, and summer ball. Uh, but I haven't been it lately. Um, I don't know, just something about 13. So, yeah, you don't, you don't really get to pick it. Right, Exactly. Yeah, the, what, I mean, I don't know what number Benji Molina is. I don't know who has 13 on the Astros. I don't know. I know, I know it used to be Tyler White, but I don't know who has it now. I don't know, but that's my favorite number, too, and that's what I made a – I have a custom Astros jersey, and I put number 13 on the back of it, so. There we go. Heck yeah. There we go, man. We like country. <laughs> we like number 13. I think we're going to be buddies for a long time. Dude, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, man. I thanks. Thank you for coming on. That's all I have for you. Just excited to have you here. We'll be everybody. Be looking out. You should be uh, starting out at maybe Fayetteville next year. 
Maybe. Uh, just depends on how spring training goes, man. If I play good, maybe I'll get moved up a little higher. There's no telling. Yeah, if you go to Corpus, I'll definitely go see you. All right, sounds good, brother. So that's about you. that's about two and a half hours from here, so I'll go okay. see you then. Perfect. Yeah, man, I'll get you some tickets. Just let me know. All right, sweet. All right, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you guys listening. Luke Berryhill, the new catcher for the Astros. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.